Mr. Pop. Dark. Hello, and welcome to Miskatonic University Radio, a podcast ex- exploring fantasy flight games' Arkham Horror the Card Game. I'm Dane. And I'm Dan. And I'm Ben. And today we're going to reflect on the Forgotten Age campaign. There will be some spoilers uh, for the Forgotten Age, so mostly for the latter half of all of the scenarios, uh, player cards, things like that. And basically what we're planning on doing today is providing a summary for the latter half of the Forgotten Age, kind of in continuation from episode 5 where we spoke about the first half and we kind of checked in on the different mechanics that were introduced. We kind of wanted to go through the last uh, scenarios as well as just kind of express what we liked about it and what we didn't like about it and ultimately just kind of tie a nice bow and send the forgotten age off into the distance. It's a uh, it's it's bow tying season, so we're going to we're going to we're going to tie that bow. That's what we're going to do. Absolutely. Yeah, so let's see. So the scenarios we already talked about, the first few which are the Untamed Wilds, the Doomed of Esli, the Threads of Fate, Boundary Beyond, and Heart of the Elders, right? So the the one after that was uh, City of Archives. Uh, this this was like kind of a weird one. This is the one where you're in a, another another place, another time, and you get put into the bodies of the weird goo monsters. Spoilers. We 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 did the warning, Dane. We don't need to <laughs> extra spoilers. It's, no, look we're good. if people are if people are still here and they don't want spoilers, it means that they disobeyed instructions and they <laughs> they deserve to get whatever's coming to them. Um, yeah, and this one was it was like a huge map. Um, it was w- weird because a lot of the cards in your deck don't really work or get taken out of your deck, and uh, skill cards become really good. Um, I don't know what what did you guys think about this one. I thought it was interesting. Um, I was playing Silas, so I had a good amount of skill cards in my deck. So it was it made him very good because uh, the Yithian ability is you double all like double all the icons on this, on your cards when you commit them, or like once per turn or something like that. So that made that made that pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it does make like everyone's deck feel a little, everyone feel like a little bit less unique in that they don't have their investigative power for this scenario. But I thought the scenario itself was fine. It was like balanced, expecting like you're not, you know, your stack, you don't have like a four or five in your stats anymore because you have like twos and everything or something. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. I kind of, I kind of liked that. Like the theme of the scenario was like you, you're kind of like derping around this alien. I don't know if it was buildings or like cities or a city, like derping into to like weird alien things and like just pressing all the buttons and hoping it works. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So like that, that was kind of cool. Yeah, I I liked the flavor of it a lot, kind of like that. I liked um, kind of how it ends, like the win condition, and I liked how they kind of use like cards in hand to represent sort of like memories or sort of uh, right. ability to escape. That was cool, but I found it very annoying to play. I don't know. My my thing is always like I want to have a good deck that functions correctly and be able to do things. And uh, you know, normally I I was playing Mark. Normally I want to think about my dead wife about. 20 or, 20 or 30 <laughs> times per game minimum and uh didn't get to do that like a lot of your cards just are basically useless um and you have bad stats like that 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 i just found kind of annoying it's like i, I made this deck i want to play this actual deck and not like a weird messed up version of it but i don't know there, there were some cool ideas i think that they definitely got creative and made something that was kind of different which was neat 
Yeah, specifically speaking, um, who is it? It's Mark, and if you have the Obal, where there's something that happens specifically in the timing of when you get into the scenario where Mark's signature item and also the, the Charon's Obal get removed from the game beforehand. Because Sophie and the Obal are both items that are like story or unique or something like that. So, yeah. Also Ashcan Pete, right? Uh, but Duke isn't an item. Yeah, Duke, Duke doesn't get trashed, but oh, right. I think Duke, Duke does it. start in his deck instead of on the field. Because uh, yeah. our, our good buddy Matt Newman uh, furiously responded to every single person that had asked how, how the timing window <laughs> works, including including me, uh, with the same response. I, I, right. remember, I imagine that was an exciting afternoon for him of just auto-responding auto to everybody. <laughs> copy-paste, copy-paste. He's a patient man and a hero, and he, he approaches the fun parts of his job and the less fun parts of his job with the same dedication and uh and spirit and we we appreciate that i think yeah. so good good on him but uh if, if people didn't know the, the ruling for that was just uh like stuff that starts the game and play that doesn't that doesn't happen until after you're done with like setup and stuff so any anything like permanents and items and stuff that would normally start and play would have gotten trashed and things that like your right. investigator says to start and play like Ashcan says to start with duke you're already turned into a yithian before that would have happened so by the way, uh, one card in my deck that was not useless for uh, City of Archives was Monster Slayer, which is an extremely great and <laughs> underrated card. Uh, which uh, people should, uh, you know, pe- people should people should be more into that card because it's fantastic. It's done a lot of work for you. I mean, it costs, oh, yeah. costs a lot of XP to add to your deck, but I think we were also pretty heavy. I mean, the, XP in this by then. in the campaign we're talking about, we basically stopped keeping track of XP because we just had so much. It was just annoying. I think. Like I, I definitely ran out of cards to upgrade. Like pretty i mean like 70 on. right <laughs> but yeah I, I think this one uh it, it was a neat idea i think you guys liked it more than i did i just found the whole turn into a goo monster thing annoying but it was it was neat the next one was depths of yoth so this was the one immediately afterwards where we were you were sort of trying to get deeper and deeper into this underground labyrinth system so it was set up on uh progressive levels like getting deeper and deeper down and mm. it, on each level, we had to explore to find kind of like the, you know, stairs or whatever to go deeper while dealing with, uh, there was a cool mechanic where monsters would be in this like pursuit zone where they're sort of chasing us. And if we, if you move down fast enough, then we kind of don't have to deal with them. But if we, if we're slow, then we end up having to kill them. Yeah. I, th- I thought this one was really cool. It, uh, the structure of it was really neat with kind of like exploring and like moving deeper and deeper and things were getting like harder and more difficult. Yeah. I, I like this one a lot. What about you guys? I, yeah, I agree. I thought this one was pretty cool. It had a lot of stuff going for it that I think the other scenarios were lacking. Like one thing was the explore mechanic was uh, I thought like a, a better way to do it. Uh, it was like you always just had the locations, but like some of the locations were kind of bad. So like you didn't know yeah. exactly where you're going, but at least you're like making progress, like spawning more locations and like spawning clues or whatever you need. And you were always trying to find like you're always trying to find like the same one. And I think uh, I think they were like semi randomized each each round. You had like a different subset of them or something. I don't quite I don't quite remember, but it, it was definitely it felt I remember like you shuffling the same ones in a little uh, bit. I think like every time uh, there 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 was there was definitely some variety. So like every time you were on a, a level, it ended up being a little bit different because like all the car mm-hmm. all the cards that were in the last one weren't necessarily in the next level. Yeah, and the the pursuit zone, we I mean at this point in the campaign, we were pretty we had some pretty powerful decks. So we were basically fine. We made it all the way to the bottom and we weren't in massive danger except 
the danger of not finishing it in enough time, like in the real world and getting kicked out of the FFG center at midnight, because that was when it closed. So we didn't really have to deal with the enemies that much. Like we just killed them. But if we hadn't been playing such powerful decks and things had gotten out of hand, it would have had this really cool sort of like chase feel to it where we're like racing to get to the secret underground zone before monsters catch up to us. So that's, that's really neat. No, the, the theme of us being, uh, cause we played this at Arkham Knights, uh, like kind of late in the, late in the night. The, you're definitely right yeah. of like uh, the pressure, the time pressure wasn't necessarily from the scenario for us, but it was definitely the employees that wanted us to get out of there before midnight. So they can, I, mean, so they can I, go home. I, I really think, uh, I really think this is something that we should explore uh, as like a way to make the game more exciting and more dangerous is like, what if we just like play in a basement that's like filling up with water or something? <laughs> And we need to finish it. <laughs> or what if we just like, I'm, I'm just saying like, what if we play in the back of a truck that's driving on a highway and like, if it, well, when it gets to the destination, if we're not done yet, I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm just saying, let's, <laughs> you know, let's think outside the box a little bit. Uh, Except we'll have to drive just like Keanu Reeves. In speed. Yeah, there the, you go. The main thing I remember about the scenario was definitely uh, using the awesome, the awesome sword, time one brand to murder Yig at the very end. Uh, that was <laughs> yeah, very glorious. Yeah. Super head cut off moment. How much health does he have? Like thirty or something? It's like ten per investigator like or something. It was a lot. We, yeah. we definitely we definitely wrecked him very fast, but you know, that's 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 how it goes. Yeah. It was... Oh, and you got m- 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 Meltaroni. And <laughs> yeah. with Meltaroni we had Machetes Ancient Sword. Mark. Yeah, and the Obsidian Sword. Yeah, we had like Mark, uh Silas with the actual good sword, Meltaroni Ursula, and like the world's best fin deck. And uh, <laughs> you know it all. I, I mean, it all really came I together. Know, I don't know if Finn actually did any damage. Did that could that deck do any? No, he damage? just kept evading. He was evading stuff. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, was useful. So. Yeah, Finn. Yeah. Finn actually, once the deck was set up right, was pretty fantastic for Forgotten Age because yeah, he's great at evading stuff and getting clues. And and honestly, the, about twenty XP though. Having really bad will in like Dunwich or Carcosa is a huge handicap, but I think it's not as bad in Forgotten Age. Well, we we like made, he he had to get like the you handle this and like uh we didn't we didn't we force Mark <laughs> to have the let me handle this so that like anytime he drew a will test you're like no get that get that away from him. Uh, <laughs> I mean I I usually play those cards anyway just because they're fun and cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely if you fit in your party, you're like yeah, fine, give it to me, it's fine. <laughs> Um, so the other yeah. other small thing on Yoth is uh, that we don't usually play like the regular sta- scenarios and like standalone, but this is one that I'd actually be like, yeah, that'd be, be a cool one to try to do as a standalone deck and like try to get as deep as you can or something. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking too because I, this one was good enough that I I really liked it and I would like to play it again much more than I would like to play the campaign as a whole. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that was Depths of Yoth. So then the 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 last one was Shattered Aeons, which just came out pretty recently. I don't remember a whole lot about this. I think the main thing I remember was Ben pointed out that the structure of it was kind of similar to like uh, old school Arkham Horror, like the 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 original FFG one, where you had to seal gates to uh, yes. to to win. It felt kind of like that. It also it felt to me a lot like um, uh, Lost in Time and Space. And Dim Carcosa, where it's just sort of like a big climactic, lots of stuff going on, lots of big enemies. I think it was pretty cool. I guess it had three different Act Threes. Can anybody remind me <laughs> yeah, how that worked? Because so, I really don't. Remember. So, like, based on like your your story decisions throughout the campaign, you'd have either like Ichtaka or Alejandro like pop up as like a villain, and you could either like fight them or you could like negotiate with them and like uh, say like, all right, I'm actually gonna, I actually think I'm on the wrong side. I'm gonna, I'm gonna join you now. 
And then mm-hmm. if you chose to join one of them, I, you got like a different act three, which we didn't, we didn't do. We, I think we killed, we killed Alejandro and just did, <laughs> just did the like seal, seal the locations, seal, seal the gates ending. So I don't, I don't actually know what the other two endings are. I imagine it has still has something similar to do with like going to those locations and something with the relic of ages or something. Oh yeah. And we, we kind of screwed, we, we kind of screwed this one up and we, there's a condition where depending on how this goes, you might get to do like an optional secret extra scenario. And we did that, but then we later found out that we actually shouldn't have done it. Yeah. So, and Ben was, Ben was very upset and, uh, you know, sorry, sorry about that, buddy. Yeah, but, uh, it, it was rough. Yeah, I put like the, I grab, I forgot at the end of depths of the Yoth cause we did Arkham Knights at like, midnight, uh, that, <laughs> that I, that we actually didn't get the fullest, the best version of the relic. So I just I was like, Oh yeah, Salas has the relic. And I grabbed the best version, put it in my deck, uh, when we delayed this. And I definitely was not supposed to do that. Because uh, you can you can only get the secret ending if you've like chosen to take your own path at one point, like back in Threads of Fate, and just like say screw you, Ichitaka and Alejandro, you know, give them a bunch of fingers and yeah, <laughs> drive off in a jeep. Because I think previously in the earlier parts of the campaign, every time there was a new version of the relic, it was just whoever has it gets it, right? Like it wasn't there wasn't a condition on it. It was yeah, yeah basically. It was, I think, but but for the last one, it's it's dependent on something going exactly a certain way. Yeah, so that that was def- definitely my my bad on that, uh, and I definitely was extremely. We like set up the other, the last scenario, like playing through it while I was trying to figure out how the, how I had messed this up, and I you know I, I definitely asked people on like uh, Discord or something like uh, how, how is this possible? And they're like uh, Ben, <laughs> you're not supposed to have the, you're not supposed to have the good relic. How did you do that? I mean, our our first our first clue was that there were no tablets or cultists printed on the like token. <laughs> Uh, right token yep. determining card and we definitely had some in the in the jar so yeah, yeah. so but i don't know the i think i thought the shadow ions was like solid uh i like Same. i like that it had i i always like i like like the the final scenario having like you know a couple different versions like i definitely like that in carcosa and i definitely try every time i play carcosa like you know what if we what if we fail a few scenarios so we can do that third one i've never done because <laughs> yeah every <laughs> every time we play every time we play carcosa now ben's like oh what if we all played like the worst characters on expert and then also what if we played like with our hands tied behind our backs or something like he he really wants to get the stupid like extremely terrible and probably very probably very unexciting ending no, if you like don't get enough data I, conviction i think it's i think it's it's neat it's you know it's probably about it's probably i don't know it's probably it might not be as cool as like the doubt ending where he's the guy dude's like looming over you but uh it's probably better than like the just fight him ending doubt by by the way uh if can we all do we all agree on this doubt is like a hundred percent the cool ending and the cool campaign version in carcosa like doubt is super great i think it was cool i i think the only time i think dane said the only time we definitely veered way off of ground age but carcosa is great uh dade dade said that uh i think the only time he had done the doubt ending was when we played what was it thanksgiving weekend we hung out uh and we were very drunk uh so i don't know i don't <laughs> i don't know if dane knew, knew what was going on uh by the time we got to that but uh yeah dane dane is nodding sagely like yep uh, <laughs> sure yeah. did but anyway, back back to back to Forgotten Age. So Shattered Aeons, I I think it was I think it was p- kind of cool. The secret extra scenario thing was a really neat idea. It was a little bit of a yeah. bummer the way it actually worked out. It wasn't super cool, but I think they you know they have limitations. They can't actually like print an extra pack. They have to kind of fashion one out of existing cards, and I think they did the best they could. So it was a it was a neat idea. 
story-wise i thought it was really cool but like like the story the story for that was like yeah you you realize that you basically effed up by touching this relic in the first place and you can't actually fix everything so you have to like rewind and you know change change history like that that's always great i'm always very down for any type of time travel nonsense uh but the actual but the actual scenario was basically just the just the, what was it doom of etzel the second scenario again yeah the second uh, one obviously we we were yeah. we have a, we were slightly skewed in our like playthrough because we might have had the wrong tokens in the bag or whatever but i think we got the gist of it basically basically the same same as doom of etzel had slightly different encounter deck i think and like the ending you fought yig but we, you know we already had we already fought yig so it was like a little anticlimactic is like yo it's just this guy, this guy <laughs> had his head in our hand yeah, it's like it would have been it would have been cool if like the version of him that we fought in uh depths of yoth was like you know decrepit like old shitty yig or something and then like you go back in time and fight like the super badass like young version of him or something that would have been cool <laughs> yeah it would have been good if there was a little bit of difference no i i I like time travel stuff too. And I especially, I always like the trope of like, it's, it's really even a trope because this doesn't really happen that often, but the like, Oh, it's the end of the movie or the game or something. And we have to like go back and undo literally everything that happened. Cause we realized that we screwed it up. Like I always, yeah. I always like that. So sometimes it can seem like a little bit of a cop out, but this actually went over pretty well. Yeah. I, and I think the, yeah, the, the, the story stuff as a whole, I think we liked quite a bit more than some of the other aspects. The story was, was really pretty well done um, throughout the forgotten age. Yeah, I like the uh the the two branching paths with Alejandro and uh Ichitaka. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Yeah, so that's I mean, I guess that's all the scenarios. Speaking of like the story and stuff, maybe we can just kind of we we can each maybe list something that we really liked about the campaign and then something that we that we didn't like and we can sort of treat that as kind of a review or kind of a, you know, summary of of how we feel about it. Do you do you want to start Dane? What was something that you really liked about the Forgotten Age? I mean, I think what we were just talking about, um, this little conversation about Carcosa in the middle of Forgotten Edge is pretty great. Um, also, I think about my favorite investigator, obviously. I've talked about her tirelessly. Ursula was my favorite part to come out of the Forgotten Age. I think that the whole philosophy of the Forgotten Age was that like, they wanted to kind of make dodging relevant and things like that. And it's really appreciated on, especially like somebody who's like a, a yellow investigator, that she does get the access to the agility. So at least she has a way out from kind of sketchy situations where you might not otherwise have that with other investigators who have like... Um, who need to take mind over matter and stuff to kind of get out of sticky situations, but she's kind of able to do that herself, and she just feels really fun. The other the other side of the Forgotten Age that I enjoyed was this whole the whole uh, aspect of Finn culture. That's that's what I'm going to call it, <laughs> and I think that that's just mostly this fixation with Finn and the fact that he has one will, and will being a very controversial short sort of thing that a fellow Arkham. Provider. I thought that all of the like terrible character nerds had kind of moved on to Calvin. Like I thought that Calvin was the the new hotness that everyone was. He is. I mean, we did play him in that one scenario, and it was actually, actually didn't go that poorly. And it was pretty. It was pretty cool seeing him played for the first time ever. But I think that uh, Finn has this weird. Um, I know that the the guy over at the Right of Seeking, um, he writes these pretty cool little articles. Sometimes they're um, like satire, and some of them are actually. Uh, pretty informative and they give like uh, math and tables and things about different um, like kind of understanding different aspects of the game uh, the first one coming out that he wrote was uh, understanding willpower and kind of like putting Finn Edwards at the spotlight and being like well how necessary is will and kind of gave like a breakdown of the will test that you take in the um, in the encounter sets and things and kind of like comparing them all over because there there's I think there's a pretty polarizing uh, response from the community when they were like, well, Finn, wow, four book and four agility, or, or four uh, intelligence, rather, and four agility. 
those are like pretty fantastic st stats. And also getting um, an extra of eight each turn is pretty awesome. But then like you've got that one will, and it's like it seems to be a point of uh, interest for people. So I feel like some of the community is hovering and very excited about Finn. I mean the um, the willpower thing comes from like playing the everyone plays the core campaign first, and there's definitely like a lot of really horrible willpower tests in that core campaign. So you like you're taught early on like oh uh, you need to have willpower or you're going to be very sad <laughs> or very or very crazy. <laughs> and I think they they've used up a bit on like there's still definitely like very bad will cards in the deck, but there's definitely like more ways to deal with it. Yeah, it's definitely not like oh well you know this this isn't a real weakness. It is definitely a weakness to have to have the willpower. But, uh, like, there's more ways to deal with it so that, like, it's not, like, a game-ender necessarily anymore. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a combination of the threat of will treacheries being a little bit reduced and the payoff of having somebody that can evade very well being a lot more of a positive thing than it is in the other campaigns. Like, both of those two things together make uh, make Finn pretty decent. I think if you didn't have both of those things, then you'd be a lot yeah. worse. I remember kind of starting this whole thing being like, well... Finn is terrible because he's only got one. And then we, we just kind of really wanted, I guess, well, one of our friends who plays with us wanted wanted it to happen real hard. And we, we made it. And it was actually pretty fun. It was pretty cool. Yep. Uh, yeah, worked worked out pretty okay. Um, yeah. yeah, I think um, I think for me, it, I don't know, it's sort of hard to pick like one very specific thing. I think in general, you know, wasn't super happy with everything about the campaign, but I really appreciated <laughs> that they were trying new things. They were doing different stuff. There were, you know, new mechanics added instead of just sort of sticking to the same things. Yeah. Uh, they got a little creative with the structure of the campaign. Like all the all the campaigns so far have had sort of different campaign wide things going on for like how the story is going to evolve and how that's going to change, what's in the chaos bag, and what kind of things happen in the scenarios. So I think that was cool. I, I liked the sort of time travel-y stuff. Yeah. So I, and and this was definitely we talked about this a little bit in our previous episode where we talked about the first few scenarios, but right. this was kind of a departure from the kind of wheelhouse of you're in a spooky New England town and there's fish people or something. So I I definitely appreciated that about it. What about you, Ben? What's uh what's something that you really liked about Forgotten Age? Yeah, I mean, building on that, I always very much enjoy like whatever the story is. I'll always read the story text in like whatever game I'm playing, and I'm very happy if it's you know actually interesting. I know I used to play games with Dan where, you know, like multiplayer games where I'd insist on reading the story text and he was always very unhappy because it was not very good. <laughs> uh, but in this one, <laughs> in this one, I, in this one, I enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoyed like the, the two aspects of like, there was basically like a pretty, a pretty big branch in the story based on like kind of decision you make early on, whether like you decide to aside with Hitchcock or side with like Alejandro. And we, we definitely like went with Hitchcock because Alejandro we assumed was like, b-movie like the guy that joins the expedition then definitely betrays you a uh, scenario which which <laughs> that's how i thought which too, is yeah. what happened i mean maybe maybe it wouldn't happened if we hadn't sided with hishaka i'm not sure i haven't read the other story paths yet uh but i enjoyed that so i enjoyed like being able to like, make that decision early on it like kind of shaping several of the scenarios were like a little bit different because of that and i definitely liked that the chaos bag like each campaign, they do something different with how like you add the different spooky tokens of like you know the the cultists and the elder sign stuff in the bag, and I thought I think I liked this one the best, where it was like the more you trust trust Chaka, the more cultists you get in the bag, or the more you trust Alejandro, yeah, the cool. more uh, tablets you get in the bag, or if you picked the uh, the you know screw you guys, I'm doing this myself option. Uh, I don't remember when that was. I think it was in Threads of Fate. Uh, then you started getting uh, elder things, you know, what we call the squid in the bag. I, I liked that aspect of it. 
and I don't know. I, I know in like Carcosa, Carcosa and Dunwich did different things. Dunwich was like you made a, like a one-time story decision that like added the token and it kind of didn't matter as much. And it was like, eh, it was all right. You could usually like, you usually like could avoid it though. Like avoid making the bad choice unless you like had bad luck or something. And this one you like couldn't avoid that. So I thought that was good. And Carcosa was just kind of like, they changed like every scenario roughly based on like your decision, but it like wasn't like consistent. You had the uh, doubt and... Uh... What's the other one? Conviction. Um, Conviction. Conviction. Yeah, that that scale. It was like you know, so, sometimes it was like random. Like sometimes it was like, oh, you got uh, one out of three act twos, so you got the squids for the next scenario. And sometimes it was yeah. like, oh, you picked out, so you get cultists this scenario. And I don't know. It, I felt less connected to like why I was switching out the tokens each scenario with those choices. So it was just like, yeah, it's something I do. I mean, and that part was fine. It made me it makes adds a little variety in Carcosa. Carcosa's great. Um <laughs> but uh I, I just I thought this one was a little bit a little bit better in that in that aspect of tying the story to the mechanics. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree that, that was uh that the way that they handled the tokens was pretty good. The one thing I was a little bit disappointed by was in Carcosa, there was definitely a sense of you could you would end up with getting both doubt and conviction. Like the fact that yeah. you you were picking doubt early, then you you'd end up in a different situation where you had to make a different choice, and you might make the different choice and and end up with conviction instead. I felt like in Forgotten Age, if you were, if you decided at the beginning that you were going to trust Ichitaka, you were probably going to keep trusting Ichitaka. So right. I think that probably for most people, we're going to end up with one then two then three cultists and no tablets or one then two then three tablets and no cultists just because i think people are likely to continue trusting the person they decided to trust so i and i don't know a way around that i think inherently by having the choice be like which person you want to ally with i think that's like the inevitable problem with it so i'd I'd like to see them try to do the same thing where there's more of an incentive to switch or more of a punishment for like always picking the same thing yeah the only exception to that i think is because the fact that we already trusted each Daka with our playthrough, there was the part where Alejandro betrays you and like puts you in the bodies of Ithians, and you're like, yeah, of course, he was an asshole anyway. But then, like, it, what if you already had gone with Alejandro and not with each Daka? How would you feel? You know, then and then he betrays you, and you're like, well, maybe I want to switch to each Daka now because he's clearly like, there's he's crazy or something. That's you know? that's a good point, and and maybe we can't really evaluate it until we play the other pathway and be friends with Alejandro instead. Don't, don't be friends with Alejandro. I'm pretty sure the story is like a little bit different. Like, it's, don't do it. Like, it, like he also got Yithian or something. If he if you're sided with him, yeah, so it's yeah. uh, it's less clear. It's like less that. clear that he's like betrayed you in that version. I think, like the I know like uh or Matt Newman, you know, he always writes the uh, oh this was a this is what we were trying to aim for for this campaign. I forget the correct word to describe that thing. That like the editors know at the end and he's like oh yeah this this campaign is like uh you don't totally get the whole story uh, until you like played through like all the different paths and even then you're still like it's still up for interpretation which is fine that's a mm-hmm. little it's a little bit lovecraftian in that like uh, you don't i mean i guess it's a general story thing not, not necessarily lovecraft <laughs> stuffed it up for interpretation but i thought it was cool uh and and the, it is it is a good like uh i don't know this thing like a, a psychology thing like usually like when someone like makes a choice about something they're way more likely to just double down on that choice than like to, yeah, to, sure, to go back sure. and forth. Is it so? It's, it's like reinforcement bias or something. Yeah, like that? I don't, I don't know. yeah. So like, it's like, oh, I picked Ichaka, and then she's like immediately starts doing like some shady things because Ichaka is clearly 
in the Enchaka package. Like it's like she's clearly she's like uh, something wrong with her or something something yeah she has something's some going on. Role. She's like she's like super skeptical of you and she's uh, you know keeps like wandering off to do her own thing and and, and be weird. She just had and, that moment with Padme Amidala. Yeah, she's like a yeah I know you you know. I'm I'm not gonna apologize for siding with marginalized people against uh, imperialist <laughs> colonialist uh, uh, jerks, Ben. So I, don't, I also, even, don't even try. I also realized through this whole talk, we've definitely been saying uh, Etzel, which is a uh, which is not how you actually say say those people's name. But uh, it's that's just you guys. I I say it correctly because I'm not a weirdo. Have you? Yeah, es- I've been Esley. saying it. There you go. It's not. Hard. I don't think I've ever said that word once. All right, well, maybe it's just me. It's definitely because. <laughs> Because we have a friend whose last name is like really close to that, very close to it. It's not. It's not even that close. You guys, just, I don't know. It's no. You the first time we read it, you were like, "Oh Ben, you you were very excited because you had realized I was definitely just going to use his last name instead of how to actually read it." But, <laughs> but yeah, uh, well, actually, that's so. That's that's a good uh, transition into when we were if we we're going to talk about things that we don't like about TFA. Um, <laughs> I was going to say Ben for you is your dislike thing that the names are so hard to pronounce because it has like the Mesoamerican, uh, like pre-Columbian. I can't say that's the thing I dislike. I mean, that's not, that's not the game's fault that I can't read things, you know, you know, like, like I I can't, I can't put that on the game being like, Oh, using a different language. And I completely don't know how to read words barely in English. That's that's very mature of you, Ben. That's, that's really, that's really admirable. So, you know, I, I do, I do the best I can, you know, I know again, you would enjoy when I try to pronounce things that I clearly are beyond my depth. I mean, only only but. when it's something that's really hard to pronounce it's really fun when it's like uh you know uh i i can't think of an example but the the really fun like uh mexican aztec names or something or Tenochtitlan or something yeah there you go that's always yeah. a fun one yeah. so uh, no what, what what is your if if you had to pick something ben that, that you that you disliked about the campaign what what would it be though um i don't know like overall i i thought the campaign i think i might have liked it a little bit more than you guys but one the one scenario that was very frustrating. I I thought it was Boundary Beyond. Yeah. I thought like the concept of it was very cool. Uh, in that like, oh, you're like, there's like, you know, time disruptions or whatever, and I forget exactly how they explained it, but it was like, yeah, like the you go back in time to like the the ancient version of this of Mexico City, and you have to do stuff there. I thought that was very cool, but I thought this was maybe the worst implementation of the Explore deck, where, um, a uh, because I, I can't totally read things correctly the first time. I definitely messed. We definitely messed it up our first playthrough. Um, but but B, it was like it's just it's like more punishing than usual because you have to usually sacrifice something to do the explore in addition to spending an action, and then there's a chance you'll draw a treachery and it'll be wasted, um, and then there's a chance that you draw a location and a lot of those locations have like something bad happens when you <laughs> when you discover them. <laughs> So it's like a, it's like a, uh, at least there's a chance that you're spending, spending action to spend resources and to get punished with a treachery and you, uh, maybe you'll find the location that's good. And then I think once you start finding them, I think the more you find like the skull gets worse or something, something gets worse, the more ancient locations you have out. Yeah. I think it's a skull Yes, and, yep, and the skull. map, the map keeps changing too, because the old locations are connected differently, which is a cool idea until you start to play it and you just, you have no idea what connects to what, and it's incredibly hard to keep track of. Yeah. My my fancy my fancy arrows that i got which replaced my white pieces of paper which which were which were <laughs> easier to use than the arrows um <laughs> definitely uh uh makes the map tries we try to make it so it's easier to see but yeah the map changing constantly 
I agree. Cool idea, but uh, I I definitely like like laying out the map and figuring out like oh what's the optimal way that I can arrange this map so it takes up the least amount of space but it's still like <laughs> very clear how everything's connected and that that does not work with a lot of these explore scenarios and or ones that change constantly all the time. Yeah, yeah, and that you guys might have talked about it before, but there's definitely also that one card that's like add a add a doom to the agenda or like trash one of your locations. <laughs> and, and oh, like window to another time or something. Which is yeah. which is basically just ancient evils. Yeah, and, and yeah. but it's a it's a trick card. Like the first time you play it, you'll think like, oh, maybe it's better to trash the location. It's basically never better to trash <laughs> the location. No, nope. And uh, it, you know, it's like a trap, and it, it feels very bad when you like sometimes when you have a peril and you make a decision, and it's like, uh, oops, I picked the the not the worst thing or not the best thing for this scenario. But that one's like very like. If someone picks that, you're very sad. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you, yeah, you didn't have any agency in that. It, it, hypothetically, if if that ever happened to us, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure. I'm sure. I think I probably picked it one of the first times we played it, uh, and I think other people have Same. played it. And it just, it just as, as the realization of like, oh, uh, we have to discard the location, and then another one will spawn, and it's going to add a bunch more clues in addition to like whatever was there yep. already. Uh, it just it feels very bad for for that to happen. I uh, I probably never pick the wrong option because I'm really good at this game and I have a PhD, oh, okay. but I'm, I'm oh, sure oh, a lot great. of other yeah, people, right. uh, yeah, I'm sure a lot of other people mess that up. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think for me, um, yeah, I, I know it sounds like I'm always really down on the campaign. Like I, it, it was cool in some ways. There definitely were a lot of things I didn't like about it. I think the one that really stands out as the biggest kind of like unnecessary giant problem with it was the supplies mechanic, which I really just absolutely hated. It was a combination of, we talked about this a little bit in the previous in the, the previous time we talked about the campaign, but this really sharp uh, distinction between the very first time you play it, it's just completely a shot in the dark because there's it's there's very little association between what we think of these items as being good for and what they actually do in the campaign, like they prevent trauma or they let you skip this this or something like that. There's really no way of figuring that out ahead of time, no matter how much you use your imagination. So the first time, it's really just a crapshoot. And then every every other time you just know, okay, blankets and medicine and like you, you pretty much know what the things that prevent like the worst things of trauma and stuff are and you take those. So it's just this thing that kind of gums up the whole campaign by constantly making you check the campaign log and making you keep track of a whole bunch of stuff and slowing things down. And it doesn't really add anything cool. Like I, I was thinking about this a little bit and I think that you could have a game – where the supplies are a more central mechanic, like maybe they let you skip entire things and maybe, maybe you can like pack supplies that can like get rid of enemies or like open up locations or something. And it's actually interesting. You're like, Oh, well our group is really good at this. So we want to prioritize these types of supplies to compensate for it, things like that. But then you're basically playing an entirely separate board game along with this card game. I basically the way it was implemented, I just really think was pretty bad. Uh, and it just always annoyed me. So I think that's, that's the thing that, I, I like the least. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, I agree with that. I thought, I think the supplies, because it was just like a whammy if you didn't have something, I think it would have been better if there was stuff like the supplies helps you get past it easier, which I think they did in some cases. Like there was like the pickaxe, I think, like let you break rocks or something in one of the scenarios. Yeah, I don't yeah. remember which one, Heart of the Elders maybe. Or you could do a strength check uh, to do that, the same thing. Like some of that, like if that was like, oh, uh, I brought the pickaxe so I can break rocks. Great. Or I think there's one where it's like, oh, I have the rope so I can, I can get across this uh, canyon more easily or something. Yeah. Like I like those a lot better than the ones that like are actually in the scenario that gave you like uh, an alternative option to something I thought was like a good use of them. Cause then it's like, 
on future playthroughs yeah. it might vary based on your character because you're like oh uh we don't have good strength characters uh or you know if you're playing solo or two maybe you have someone that's low combat yeah i i, I would agree with that I, I and i would have wanted to see it be even more like suppose there's an encounter card in the deck which is you know uh you're you're lost or something like that and we know that that's an encounter card that's going to be in multiple scenarios and every time you draw it it's like if you have a compass this happens instead like it's much easier and then you could actually make a maybe it could even tell you like when you're picking the supplies at the beginning like this is going to help you avoid this encounter card and you could make a rational decision instead of just having to guess so um this was also where the whole dumb chalk meme came from was from (laughs) me like being mad and refusing to pick supplies and just saying i spend all my supplies on chalk and it it, uh, now that we've played not a a legal legal maneuver (laughs) (laughs) now that we've played through the rest of them now we know to take five chalk and one locket. <laughs> yeah, uh, because well, okay. <laughs> because the the first the first chalk you're going to have to eat because you didn't bring any food, right. and then the second chalk you still didn't bring any food and you're still hungry, so you're going to have to eat that. You need to put some in your car. And then after you eat the second chalk, eventually you're going to get hungry again and you're going to have to eat the third chalk. <laughs> and then you're probably still going to be hungry eventually after that because you're in the jungle for a long time, so you're going to have to eat the fourth chalk too. What about when you need gas, um, <laughs> uh, you can just you can just walk. It's fine. <laughs> And then when you're poisoned, you could rub chalk on it and it should be alright. Yeah, exactly. Like chalk is actually an antiseptic. Um, and it, <laughs> it actually cures most diseases. So you know. uh, this this discussion of supplies it reminded me of of uh, I think actually what I did like the least about this campaign, and I'm going again. I know. <laughs> I'll, I'll allow it's, it. It's it's the it's the resolutions that make you like repeat the scenario. Ooh, those were mm. I like I, happened like twice or three I, times. I get the idea behind it. And being like, oh, you get a second chance to do better, but uh, I think that's not fun. I, I think like you want to be able to continue the campaign. Like, oh, maybe we have a speed bump. I know like there's some people that like to do like keep doing the same scenario over and over until you get the good resolution. But when you're playing through the campaign, I definitely don't want to be forced to like do the same scenario again. It uh, it, it is funny that you phrase that as the ones that make you do them again instead of the kind, nice scenarios that give you a chance to try again if you screw them up. <laughs> uh, just to, I mean, just like different ways I to mean, think about it, right? Because they know you're going to screw I, up. I don't know. Like, I, I usually don't like playing the same scenario like twice in a row, I guess. Like, I think Doom of Etzel does it. Like, if you if you do badly in that, you get to like, try again. And Heart of the Elders Part A, which is already, like, uh, one of the ones I don't like as much. Uh, like, you have to keep doing it until you get, like, the best resolution. Yeah. And I definitely normally like the scenarios that are like, oh, there's, like, a scale of, of victory that's obvious in the campaign where there's, like... You know, like, oh, like Midnight Masks, like there's zero to six cultists you can get. So you're like working to get as many as you can. Oh, we only, right, only, right, only right. got four, but, you know, so the next scenario we'll have to deal with something. That'd be like doing Midnight Masks like twice because you only got four the first time. You have to go back and get the other two or something. Like that would be significantly less fun. There I were think. a lot of things that you kind of had to carry over too, right? Because like, you also had like Vengeance. You also had to worry about um, uh, Yig's Fury. There right? was some stuff that like rolled over when you repeated them, but I, I don't know. I, I don't think that's like a great a great way to design the campaign. I think it's better if there's, you know, I, I think that, I think it's better if there's a, you know, maybe you have the bad resolution, but, or one of them, but you, you keep going, you, you know, you can shake it off, whatever. Yeah. To a lesser extent, there's also the whole assembly. Yeah. And especially we have talked a little bit about the, this campaign we definitely feel like was a higher difficulty level than the previous ones. So mm-hmm. if you feel like they cranked up the difficulty and kind of built in this like retry mechanic, as kind of a, a compensation for that then I could see disliking it as being used in that way. Yeah, I mean, I think you guys said, didn't you guys lose horribly for the first time you tried the second scenario? <laughs> yeah. With Roland and... Uh... Well, we were, I mean, uh, that was mostly Carolyn's fault, let's be honest. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was 100% yeah. Carolyn's yeah. fault. 
Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I know it would have been, I don't know. I, I definitely don't like that part. Yeah. Um, what about you, Dane? What was, what's one thing that you particularly didn't like about Forgotten Age? So mine was twofold kind of to go along with your supply talk, I think. Um, the first thing, which we kind of mentioned in, in episode five when we kind of talked about the supplies and or, or the um, mechanics in more depth was just how kind of punishing, arbitrarily punishing it is. Like with not bringing a bedroll, you get a trauma. And if you don't do this, you get another trauma. And it's like it kind of handed out trauma like Oprah, you know, in that in that one meme. <laughs> and uh, it, that was kind of, that just kind of generally felt bad. But I know that I think... There was talk about that being intentional and, and it kind of being the scenario that's like, well, maybe you can't carry these investigators over. And everybody knows that that's my favorite thing to do <laughs> in this game. Uh, this is definitely the most punishing. You never want to start on this. But there also the other thing that I was kind of noticing, it, which was a little bit more of a little bummer for me, other than like kind of like me just not generally enjoying the mechanics very much, or just the kind of lack of like the variety of enemies. Um, we're in the Mexican, uh, you know, Mesoamerican jungle and stuff, and there's only snake people and like angry natives, and then a single plant that appears in a single uh, scenario, uh, Heart of the Elders. Apex strangle vine. Apex strangle vine. It's the most powerful it's, plant. It is red, no, and it is very it's, yeah, yeah. It's the it's the plant that's also an advanced uh, AI that's trying to take over the internet. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was like I, I really wanted to see more of that. Um, we kind of did get that in Poison. Yeah, Poison like where Games. where were the jaguars? Where were the uh, right? You know, I don't know. Yeah, it seems like there could have been. I, I think maybe it's because this was kind of far away from the regular mythos. They couldn't draw on this standard collection of like biakis and hounds of Tindalos and stuff like that. Maybe that yeah, was why. I don't know. They could they could have done some cool stuff um, with with um, spooky mythos tinged parrots and stuff. Yeah, I don't know, but. I just I was hoping for a, a greater economy of uh, enemies and including dinosaurs. Oh, I remember oh, yeah. when when we started yeah, this, we, we wanted we, dinosaurs. Yeah, because uh, because we we saw the time travel stuff, and I think we had there was a recent magic set that was kind of Central American themed, which definitely involved dinosaurs. And I think there was also there's this weird association between like uh, Central or South America and dinosaurs and a lot of these like dumb nerd fantasy worlds. Like I know like I, <laughs> WoW had a zone that was kind of no maybe not maybe I'm thinking of something else. But no, you, you, yeah, for some right. reason we we kind of we allowed ourselves to believe with very little actual evidence that there were going to be dinosaurs in this campaign at some point, and uh, and then there weren't, and we were all extremely sad and bummed out about it so yeah i mean it was the blizzards with time travel we're like yeah it's definitely got to be at least this if there's going to be dinosaurs for some reason in a lovecraft game even though that's ne- there's never dinosaurs in lovecraft at yeah. all this yeah. this has got to be it like this is the chance yeah and, uh, and i think it, i think it was just a combination of time travel and reptiles like if you have both of those things going on dinosaurs are not a huge leap from there right but <laughs> Oh well, this is true. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe next time, maybe we'll get that uh, Land Before Time co-op LCG <laughs> that we all so desperately uh, want. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that's those are some things that we that we liked and didn't like. Kind of overall, what do you guys think? Um, if we were kind of ranking the campaigns, like recommending them to people, like which which one should you play through first, or something like that, or which ones do we think generally were the best overall from a perspective of gameplay and story and structure and all of that where would you rank forgotten age amongst the three or i guess four counting the core set campaigns that have been released so far 
Probably should have thought about this before we got to this point. I, I mean, think... I think we all are, are we all on team Carcosa for Carcosa being like definitely the best one. Hundred percent. So yeah, Carcosa like is definitely the best one. It has I think at least six like very good scenarios and like two like solid ones. Yeah, and and really just like a home like an A plus home run from the perspective of like story stuff connecting yeah. with the with the gameplay and like right. That's yeah. yeah it's yeah. I mean, it's really really good. So very good. Yeah. What about comparing this to Night of the Zealot? It's kind of hard because Night of the Zealot is shorter. I mean, Night of the Zealot. I don't Night, feel like it's a Night of the Zealot campaign. Uh, it's not really a full campaign, right? Uh, it's it's yeah. a good intro. I know Dane loves the Gathering for some reason. Like it's a great great tutorial. <laughs> objectively the best. It it, it reminds him of his favorite card game, uh, Magic: The Gathering. So that's why he likes it so much. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, like. The, the, but the final scenario in the core is not not good, right? Yeah, like, yeah. You you either like furiously get enough clues to stop the ritual, and then it's like, oh, that's it, <laughs> or you or don't, you, or you have to, or, or you don't, and you have to fight the extremely horrible monster, which uh, you probably don't have enough XP to have your deck be so awesome that you can just kill it. Uh, so so I guess it's like a struggle. It is very very Arkham Horror the board game in that you get to the end, and then it's either like very anticlimactic, or uh, you get completely destroyed. <laughs> That, that actually does capture the capture the feel of, of at least at least a second edition. I haven't tried third, but yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. And I I feel like Dane I feel like Dane is going to put Forgotten Age above Corset just because it has more XP in it, if if for no other reason. Um, and uh, introduce Charon Zobal, which is again more. Well, but, but well, let's let's not count the player cards because that's kind of like and Ursula can take it. But so I guess yeah, I guess what I was getting to is uh, I, I put core core is like a good intro to the game, but it's probably probably the worst worst of the campaigns i think just just in general it, but it's definitely good for teaching the game and learning it but yeah you know, I, it, doesn't, I it doesn't do anything super crazy and i like midnight masks a lot but the other two are like yeah uh so i guess i would really be just trying to compare forgotten age to dunwich so i'm as i'm furiously talking right now i'm trying to count how many scenarios in dunwich i liked versus how many <laughs> i liked in forgotten age there's there's steam coming out of your ears ben don't hurt yourself i mean oh okay so so dunwich uh <laughs> Dunwich, uh, I think most of the most of them are. I think like five of them, I think are, are pretty good, and like two or three. One of them is very bad, and like two of them are okay. Yeah, we we really don't like where Doom awaits, and I think um or uh, no, sorry, no. Uh, Undimension Unseen is one we really don't like. Yeah, right. Um, yes, yes. And most of the others, I think we and and the museum is kind of it's kind of cool, but kind of weird and not totally great. Um, and I think most of the others we at least foreshadowing for the pursuit. Yeah, and I think most of the others in Dunwich we at least sort of like. Yeah, and some of them like the like the Mis- the Miskatonic or the uh, Dunwich Express or whatever the hell it is, Essex County Express. <laughs> that one's like really good. Yeah, I know Dunwich had like a yeah, couple yeah. Um, like tr- scenarios that like don't work with certain investigator combos, but that might have just been because it was like the first eh, first campaign. Like, and and it has a couple of like weird um you like instantly lose and like not much you could do about it unless you had like certain things in your deck like i think train if you are like running investigators that can't get the clues immediately slash don't have like ways to counter the encounter counter the encounter deck uh then you can like just lose immediately and that's like that's that's a bummer but uh that has never happened to us so we so we think trade's great <laughs> at least at least i do it hasn't happened to me uh I don't, I, don't about, I don't know about you guys but, yeah look if, if, if you're having trouble with these scenarios and you're playing solo make some friends uh you know like come on yeah. uh and, and if you're playing with friends and you, you're playing characters it's not working play some good characters come on like uh you know it's not that hard that's uh, it's fine so yeah i think i think Dunwich is like relatively pretty solid 
uh forgotten age i feel like there are three scenarios i think i think are good uh i want to say i liked i like threads of fate it, it definitely had has that mechanic of like a scale of winning that you're aware of like immediately it's not just like <laughs> oh we got resolution one versus resolution two it's like oh we have these three acts we want to try to get all three of them done before time runs out and i i think when we did it uh it was actually like it was actually like pretty tight maybe i can't remember i i thought i thought like i like i like that a lot and then i think as we mentioned already we liked steps of yoth and like city of archives i liked and i guess i like shadowlands too so maybe four but uh the other six <laughs> if you're counting yeah devil heart of the elders <laughs> and turn back time i thought were not as good and and i think uh, it, it's really tough that we absolutely i think hated the untamed wilds which is the very first one and really sets the tone and that yeah. one we all just i think really hated i think it was and that just kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth for the rest of the campaign yeah it was the combo of like a lot of like very brutal encounter cards that you like couldn't avoid very easily or like have a chance to like do a test against and yeah. also like that trauma because we we stupidly didn't yeah. bring blankets even though i had learned <laughs> from like years of playing D that you always bring a winter blanket whenever you go on an adventure yeah and it's i mean and it's <laughs> yeah and that one that one also i mean not to zoom in too far to the individual scenarios but the untamed wilds some of some of the you know you want scenarios in this game to have kind of like a really strong structure to them where there's like geometry of the locations or like an objective that's very clear and makes sense or some kind of cool hook. And when you don't have any of those things, it just feels like a soup of locations that you move around in looking for clues and you're just not really sure what's going on. And that Untamed Wilds was like a pretty low point, I think, in terms of that. But yeah. Some would say a primordial. Yeah. So I would, I I don't know about you guys, I would put Dunwich ahead of this. I think the story of Forgotten Age is more interesting and definitely they were being more ambitious. But uh, if you were giving me the choice right now of do I want to play Dunwich or Forgotten Age, I would immediately pick Dunwich. So I think for me, I would put this below Dunwich and Carcosa and uh, above the core set. Yeah, I think I'd agree. I mean, I also haven't played Dunwich in like a year, so that's another reason. Like, oh, I want to be played again, which well, we're going to have, have an opportunity, opportunity very soon. Yeah. Very soon. <laughs> so yeah, I agree. Uh, I think I think Dunwich just mechanically was better, so and probably more fun to play through. It had some cool themes too, right? With the whole. Um milling through your deck thing and yeah that that, that was like a cool like encounter. scary scary encounter card you could get where like oh uh, if i mill my deck it'd be very bad <laughs> and at the time there wasn't like that many cards to like that were like around milling your deck i think there's a lot more now so like when yeah, we go are. back and do like oh man this is gonna be great because we're gonna go back and do <laughs> we turn to dunwich and dan's gonna definitely want to play mark oh hell yeah uh, who who and dan definitely builds his deck like i mean i'll do times uh, one each, of you each time. one of you losers <laughs> one of you losers can just play purple and play that dumb purple card that shuffles your Quantum deck back in. Yeah, it's fine <laughs> i mean it's, it's worth it well it's that, worth that it to have help, an unstoppable killing machine uh in your in you know have an Dude. unstoppable killing machine uh what's better than one quantum flux dan two quantum fluxes I mean, five quantum fluxes and you play Safina. No, no, incorrect. <laughs> very, 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 very dumb day and very bad idea. Super, super uh, incorrect. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I agree. I think, I think for NH had, uh, I like the story, as I said, I liked, I, I mean, I didn't like totally being confused the whole time, but I think it rounded out at the end for me, <laughs> how the Indians yeah. combined with snakes. But, uh, yeah, I liked the story, but I thought, uh, the gameplay mechanics were a bit of a miss, uh, for me at least. Yeah, I, I I would definitely file it under ambitious but flawed. And uh, I mean, now that we know that they're kind of continuing this pattern of making return to campaign boxes, 
there's always hope that maybe uh, if they do return to Forgotten Age one day, maybe they'll be able to fix some of the stuff we didn't like and keep the stuff that we did like. So that'd be that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're definitely using it as like a, a patch to to the get aids <laughs> to kind of fix stuff that was maybe wrong with them and make them make them a little more interesting. So that box is gonna have to be pretty big. <laughs> yeah. But also, I think I think the um, the Forgotten Age just kind of as a an end note. I think one thing that people were kind of discussing in one of the chats on um, uh, social media was that they were talking about the Forgotten Age being like the first like hard expansion. Um, that's like, you can't really, you don't want to start somebody on that. You know, like somebody, if it's their first time into the game, they might not have a great time with it. It's just starting in on it. I remember uh, we were talking about last time, uh, a little bit about, you know, how do you think it is in terms of being friendly to newer players? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the gatherings, like the nicest scenario, and then it kind of, the reason for the, for the last one being horrible is that just, you know, the, the curve of difficulty just goes skyrockets from like one to three to like 15 you know like whereas this is like starts off at like an eight and like the worse you do and you will do bad is you know it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse yeah and i know uh i haven't played the lord of the rings lcg but just from hearing from people who have i think that was a game where you know it's been around a while there were a lot of campaigns and they definitely got harder and harder there was like power creep in the player cards and in that game, there was very much a meta of like, you'd have to make decks specifically tuned to the campaign that you were playing because they kept making very hard campaigns that had very particular requirements. So I don't think I'd want to see this game go in fully in that direction, but I do like, be tough. I do like the idea of them making harder campaigns as time goes by, you know, Dunwich is really pretty easy. Um, I just, I would like to see those campaigns be harder in like a skill testing kind of way, like having to make a good deck and play it well, and not so much combination of a lot of stuff that you can't interact with in the encounter deck and yeah. managing your yeah and having to having to pick the correct supplies which is yeah. just a crapshoot the first time you play it so I, I i like the idea of hard scenarios i just want them to be hard in a cool way yeah i agree yeah and i note they they definitely already have like the you know standard hard expert system to that is true built right? yeah. into the game right. so they don't need to target like oh we have to you know, if, if people are finding the game too easy, which we they should just you know up up the difficulty a little bit. You know, yeah. they, that options there already. Yeah, yeah. So, Dan, did you? I don't know if you actually get, gave your vote, but uh, on on positioning, is it uh, is this campaign above or below the campaign as the gathering? <laughs> Mine's pretty sim- similar. I think uh, I have Carcosset first, Dunwich at second. Wait, I'm missing one. Oh yeah, yeah. The Corset at three. Forgotten Age. And then will... Forgotten Age. Yeah, all right. So you picked it. You picked after the campaign with the Gathering. <laughs> Forgotten Age has a lot more XP in it than uh, the Night of the Zealot Dane. But also, I want to play like zero percent. Where <laughs> at least I want to play like at least like thirty three percent of the first one. You know. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if you could kind of like edit this and make like a fan edit, like those nerds that edited together like all the Star Wars prequels into one movie or something and took out Jar Jar. Like, I wonder. <laughs> I mean, I'm just thinking honestly, if you just cut out the Untamed Wilds. If you were like, oh, that was the, you know, if you just cut that out and turn that into like a prologue that's pretty short, even that I think would go a long way towards making this better. And then if you maybe like cleaned up the rules for Boundary Beyond a little bit or something, just a a couple small changes like that really could make this a lot better. So 
I guess uh, I'm, of course, I, I'm going to play this campaign again eventually. I'll probably make you guys play it with me. I don't know if Dan's going to yeah. – Dan might be, like, being held at knife point or something. But I mean, you no, know, nah, I'll, I'll, I'll play it, like, I don't know. There has to be I'll, – I'll do, like, a drunk playthrough of it where there's, like, a drinking game when you take trauma or something. Or, or I'll play <laughs> – Oh, boy. Oh, I'll God. play – I mean, we, we, we did uh, Carcosa recently with the kind of, like, D team of bad investigators and also being drunk – so something something like that like i'll I'll play it again at some point i'm I'm just not i'm not enough for good time so i was definitely playing calvin for that and you guys were like oh every time you take a trauma you have to take a shot <laughs> uh i definitely did a lot more shots than you guys <laughs> yeah you, you <laughs> sure did <laughs> so when you have a calvin player in your group uh but you know this is how you compromise yeah. uh yeah. but at least i at least i had fun i had fun playing calvin so uh <laughs> it was uh you're it was pretty fun <laughs> that wasn't just you though that was everybody what yeah Every, everyone was a good time you know it was a good i don't know it's it's a good adventure with playing the investigators we normally wouldn't do uh playing the best best campaign so far which is carcosa and uh also also being very drunk um, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure we got at least uh 85 of the rules right which is a good you know it's like a b so <laughs> that's good enough for me for that yeah what what, what were you two uh, I'd play it again eventually. I'm not in any hurry to do so. And like I said, it would have to be some Same. kind of uh, there'd have to be some kind of a hook to to get us back in. Um, like I honestly, I would be yeah. fine waiting for Return to Forgotten Age in like a year and a half. That's what I was gonna um, say. That's the hook that I yeah, need. I, I I might do it sooner than that, but I I'm not eager to. So. All right. Yeah. So uh, as a reminder, guys, we actually kind of had had some other news. We're not sure if you guys were all hip with the social meds. As the kids say, Ugh, disgusting. As a reminder, we are participating in the uh, the innkeeper of the Twisted Tentacle Inns uh, blast hashtag Blackest Friday contest, and are looking for your best mythos themed holiday creations. So anything like Cthulhu cookies or you know drawings of. Uh, um, you know, ancient Grecian Cthulhu people. Our, our standards are pretty low. If you can just draw like Cthulhu drinking an eggnog <laughs> or something, that's good enough. Just, you know, it's great. <laughs> Cthulhu eggnog. Uh, so everybody participating uh, just has to make sure that they do have their sur- submissions in uh, to Miskatonic University Radio at gmail.com by December 16th for a chance at the 2018 invocation kit. So that's the one with the promo luckies as well as the. Um, uh, introducing the first pack of uh, the, it's the Night's Usurper. No, no, no. Slumber Party. Slumber Party. Yeah, yeah Slumber Party in Egyptville. And uh, that also, I think um, that also comes with uh, I think innkeepers throwing in like Arkham Arkham Calendar as well. So yes, yeah, not not just the invocation kit, but also those fancy new uh, Arkham calendars that kind of came out around the time that Arkham Third Edition came out. So yeah, make sure that you submit those guys. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of your holiday season. Bye. Bye.